today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This is huge. There is a powerful principle here that I think we would all do well to take note of. It's concerning sin, the consequences of sin being brought on by ourselves. Sin is its own reward. Make no mistake about it, your sin will find you out. Are you feeling lost and weighed down by the consequences of your actions? In today's message, Pastor J.D. talks about how the Lord is willing to forgive us and guide us toward a better path. He offers us a second chance and a new beginning, no matter how far we may have strayed. He's always waiting with open arms. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 9, we see God now bringing His charges. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord, and against your children's children, I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus and sea, send to Kedar and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Verse 11. What do you mean? Oh, I want you to send people far and wide, and I want you to see, verse 11, has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. Whoa! (laughs) You know what he's saying here, right? These are the charges now being brought against them. And he asks them, you can go as far as you need to go, and you see if what I'm saying is true. See if you can find any people who have changed gods as you, as my people, have changed gods. In other words, the pagan gods are more loyal to their pagan gods, which are not gods at all, than you are. That I'm the true God. And I mean, (laughs) what a charge against them in this comparison with them. These pagan people worshiping their gods, they're more devoted to their gods than you are. Apparently you guys decided that you want to change your gods, and you want to worship different gods, and they don't do that. Why do you do that? Because the gods that they're so loyal to and faithful to and devoted to are not even gods at all, and yet I'm the true and living God, and I mean, one cannot help but notice the strength with which God, through the prophet Jeremiah, brings this charge against them. 
You know, this is probably as good of a time as any because when we get to the end, there has to be this understanding, and I think it'd be grossly remiss if I did not teach this chapter this way. Why would God, now at first read, you would almost get the impression that God is just so angry with them. And actually, it's the opposite that's true. God loves them so much that He, and He cares so much, that He has to say this to them. Because if you think about it, if He didn't love them or care about them, He wouldn't bother. But He loves them so much. You, you have to see this, and it's going to get pretty graphic here in a little bit. You have to see this through the lens of God's love for them. Because in the end, God wants them to repent. God wants them to return. God wants them to repeat. God wants them to remember. God wants them back. God wants them back. He loves them so much. He loves us so much. And really this is going to be the takeaway for us. That's the whole point of this. I mean, why, why would God go to this extent, and inspire Jeremiah by the Holy Spirit to prophesy such a strong indictment and prophecy and message against them if he didn't love them? He loves them so much. And he loves them too much to let them continue in this way. Verse 13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, left their first love. The fountain of living waters, hang on to that, very important, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now in that day they would, this is how they would, this was their life source. The water was their water source. So they would carve out, hew these cisterns to hold the water in the stone. But the problem is, is that all it would take would be just even a minor earthquake and there's a crack in that cistern, and no longer does that cistern hold water. So he's drawing upon that, that picture, painting this picture of this broken cistern that is no longer good for anything but being used for a tomb, which is actually what they would do with broken cisterns. You, you see the contrast here? life-giving water, living waters, in broken cisterns. And so instead of life-giving water, your broken sisters, the cisterns that you have hewn for yourselves, that's key. Because it's almost like Jesus in the New Testament when He says, you drink from this water, you're going to thirst again. Come to me. Drink of the water from me, and you will never thirst again. That cistern will never be broken. Verse 14, is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plundered? 
Now, this is believed to be a reference to the northern tribes of Israel, and this prophecy is for Judah, southern Israel, and Jeremiah is saying, look at your brethren in the north, and look what happened to them. They were in bondage, and plundered. Verse 15, the young lions roared at him and growled. They made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. Also, the people of Nof and Tahpanhas. These are two cities in Egypt, ancient Egypt at the time, have broken the crown of your head. Now, some believe this could be a reference to when Egypt defeated Israel and Judah, and this king, this good king Josiah that ruled at the same time as the prophet Jeremiah when he was killed at that time. So it could be a reference to that. But then why is the Lord going into all of that to say this, verse 17? Have you not brought this on yourself? In that, and here it is again, you have forsaken the Lord your God when He led you in the way. And now, why take the road to Egypt? To drink the waters of Sihor, that's the Nile River. Or why take the road to Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Your own wickedness will correct you and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God, and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. Uh, give me a, a moment on this and bear with me, because this is huge. There is a powerful principle here that I think we would all do well to take note of. It's concerning sin, the consequences of sin being brought on by ourselves. Sin is its own reward. Make no mistake about it, your sin will find you out. Now, just again, bear with me. I This is a tough one, because again, viewed through the lens of love, God is saying, I love you so much, I don't want you to suffer needlessly and drink from such a bitter cup. This is an evil and bitter thing. You have forsaken me. You have left your first love to your own peril. And this sin this backsliding, this wickedness, it's going to be the very thing that corrects you and rebukes you. You're going to suffer the consequences that you yourself and you alone have brought on yourself. Oh, you want to try to blame God? <laughs> God tried to warn you. This is what happens when you turn away from the Lord, 
when you backslide from the Lord, when you leave and forsake the Lord. Yes, the Lord will never leave us or forsake us, but if we forsake the Lord, the Lord's not going to force Himself on us. He has to because He's given us free will. He has to say, okay, I'm going to be here. I want you to come back. It's going to hurt my heart to watch you as you suffer needlessly the correction from your own wickedness, the rebuke from your own backsliding. It's, it's going to hurt my heart. Think about it as a parent, an earthly fallen father and mother with your own children. How painful is it? I mean, you, you never really knew that you could love so deeply until you have a child and you watch them go down this path. And then you watch them drink from that bitter cup of the consequences of their folly. Oh, you would have done anything to keep them from that. But they did it, they chose it, and now they're suffering for it. And it's so heartbreaking. That's the heart of our loving Heavenly Father. Please, please and it's, again, I, I'll say it again, it's going to get even more graphic. But please, we would be grossly remiss if we did not understand this through the lens of God's love. Because if we don't see it through the lens of love, we are going to totally miss this. And, and the enemy's going to be right there, and he's really good at this, and we fully cooperate with him, but the enemy's going to be right there saying things like, wow, God's cruel. In other words, you're now pu putting the blame at the feet of Almighty God for that which you alone have brought on yourself. It's you alone that is suffering because of what you alone have done. And it's killing me as I watch you do this. I tried to warn you, but you did it. Verse 24, of old, I have broken your yoke and burst your bonds, and you said, I will not transgress. When on every high hill and under every green tree you laid down playing the harlot. Yet, verse 21, I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of an alien vine? For though, verse 22, you wash yourself with lie. I would not recommend that, by the way. Wowie, owie and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord. In other words, you can try and use lie and wash yourself, you will not be clean. How can you say, verse 23, I am not polluted, I have not gone after the Baals, see your way in the valley, 
know what you have done. You are a swift dromedary breaking loose in her ways. A wild donkey used to the wilderness that sniffs at the wind in her desire, in her time of mating, who can turn her away? All those who seek her will not weary themselves in her month. They will find her. This is what I mean by graphic. I warned you, <laughs> I'll try to do my best here. But God is, I mean, phew. you know what you're like? You're like a uh, wild donkey in heat. This speaks to spiritual adultery and idolatry on the part of Judah. You know where he says, uh, verse 23, see your way in the valley. For those of you that went to Israel with us, you remember outside the city walls of Jerusalem, the valley of Hinnom, the valley of the drums, also known as, where they would take their babies and sacrifice them to Molech. And this Molech God there, right, right there, we drove by it in the bus. Here's this valley in that very place. You know what they would do? This is God's people. They would take their babies and they would place them on this statue, this iron statue of Molech. And inside the statue was a fire that burned so hot, and that baby would be burned alive as they sacrificed that child to Molech. By the way, that's where we get the expression, fire in the belly. That's where it comes from. And I suppose you could say God is reminding them, because here they're, they're, they're like, we haven't done anything wrong. We, we haven't gone after Baals. Oh really? What about what you did there in that valley? You don't remember? I do. I know what you did. You're going after these other gods, like a donkey in heat. During the time of mating, I read one commentary on it. I got to tell you, I, I had to walk away and just pray, because it was so graphic and intense, and I won't um, repeat it. But it's the, when a donkey is in heat, you don't want to be anywhere near. That's all I'm going to say. Just, But I mean, that's the imagery. You're like that in your spiritual adultery, going after these other gods. Verse 25, withhold your foot from being unshod, and your throat from thirst. This is symbolism of slavery, being barefoot and in bondage and in thirst. And isn't this true? Isn't this what sin does? It always leads to bondage. But see, Satan doesn't package it like that. He always presents it as, hey, nothing wrong. Spice it up. Live it up. And we buy it. And we do it. 
and what always ensues is bondage. But that's not in the fine print when Satan tempts us. And this is interesting, but you said there is no hope. No, for I have loved aliens and after them I will go. This is not what we would refer to in the modern day sense of aliens, but foreigners. So what, verse 25 is pretty packed, pretty full of some very important principles that I think, again, we would do well to take note of and take heed of. You know, when Satan tempts us and we fall prey to sin and then become in bondage to that sin, then what happens is it just seems hopeless, like there's no way out. So we might as well, I've already blown it, so I might as well just go for it. That's exactly what the enemy intended from the very start. He wants to enslave and and get us in bondage to that sin, and then we become so hopeless in that sin, and say, what hope is there? I've already kind of gone too far. I might as well go after them. After them I will go. Verse 26, as the thief is ashamed when he is found out, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They and their kings and their princes and their priests and their prophets saying to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone, you gave birth to me. For they have turned their back to me and not their face, but in the time of their trouble, they will say, Arise and save us. Oh, now you want me. I mean, you, you, let me see if I got this straight. You've gone after these other gods. You've even with, and by your own admission said, After them I will go. Well, it looks like after them you went. And, and you were so, <laughs> I mean, to the extent to which you would, Say to a tree, you're my God, you're my father, to a stone, you gave birth to me. That's not good. That's your God, that tree? How's that working out for you? That rock, that's it, that's your, your God's wood and stone? You got a problem, sir, ma'am, you got a problem. That's your God? So now adversity strikes and, and hardship. And, and trouble, and trial, and tribulation, and, and then you come to the Lord and cry out to the Lord, Lord help me! And the Lord's like, really? I thought the tree, and the stone, and he's going to say that by the way, verse 28, but where are your gods that you have made for yourselves? Why don't you ask them for help? Oh yeah, that's, that's right. They can't, because they're rock and tree and not gods at all. And, and God, and again, please see this through love, not cruelty. But God says to them, let them arise, if they can save you in the time of your trouble. For according to the number of your cities, 
are your gods, O Judah. That's interesting. In other words, they had a lot of these gods. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.